0: The following content is a live panel discussion taken from the Second World Tennis Conference in association with the Global Professional Tennis Coaches Association and the Seagal Institute, whose founder, Fernando Sigal moderated the discussion. If you missed any of the event, you can still sign up to watch exclusive presentations by the likes of Boris Becker, Janko Tipsarovic, Ivan Lubchich, Gilles Savara, Brad Gilbert, Tony Nadal and many others. Many more. Simply go to worldtennisconference.com to subscribe. It's a pleasure for us in the second episode of the World Tennis Conference. We have again in the second day, our live panel is with us, Anne Grossman and uh, Martin Biller, And Sarah song will be recorded. We're going to speak about women's tennis. Hi, Anne.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Hi, Martin. How you doing, everybody? Um, Thank you to be with us at the World Tennis Conference. This is a live panel talking about women's tennis, like I say. Uh, To introduce Anne, she is the president of the Women Tennis Coaches Association, was a former top 30 player and 31 in doubles, silver medalist in the Pan-American Games in Argentina in 1995, and also coaching several WTA players. Thank you to being with us. And uh, let me let me ask you firstly about what happened right now with the news about Ash Barty, the change, which is uh, a big change for our game, a very a big lesson that she's doing for everyone, which is uh, your opinion about it.
1: Oh wow. I mean, I think it's um maybe there's a, a lot more that we that we don't know exactly about ash, but um I think, you know, first of all, I think the past few years has really taken a toll on a lot of these athletes, on everything that they've had to go through. And um, being from Australia and the restrictions that they had and all the quarantine and uh, the travel that Australian players have to go through, they're on the road eight months out of the year, maybe even more, that that takes a strong toll on you mentally and your body. And I think that, you know, she accomplished, you know, she said that she wanted to win Wimbledon. And once she accomplished that and then being able to, you know, win the Australian Open, you know, um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, she might have other things that she wants to accomplish in her life and say she's 25 years old. Um, I think she might like to play golf. Um, who knows? Maybe she wants to go play on the women's uh, pro tour for, for golf. We, we don't know these things, right? And, you know, she got to play cricket. She was very successful at that. And then she conquered playing tennis. Um, so maybe, I don't know, I have a little bit, maybe it's golf. And, or maybe she wants to, you know, start having a family and just not being able to travel as much. She's, she's very family oriented, wanting to be at home with her friends. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, if that's what she wants to do with her life and that's what makes her happy, then that's her
0: choice. Absolutely. Even is a strong loss for tennis. It's a good lesson of life, no? How it's always the person first, and then you are a tennis player.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to have yourself first, right? And if you don't have yourself first, then there's no way that you're going to be able to handle the scrutiny of being a professional athlete at the very top, because it's so much harder to stay at the top. Every you know, to get there is a is obviously a mountain. But then once to stay up at the top, um, that's even a lot tougher because everybody is looking at you. Everybody's gunning at you and they, they want you to fall. They, they don't care. Um, you know, I used to uh, say to myself, I remember I was in China and uh, I, I remember thinking, you know, you know, these players, they don't care about me. If I got hit by a car, they would be so happy uh, for me to be out of the draw. And that's kind of like uh, the the way our life is, and it, it's it, you know week to week. Sometimes you think that you have those friends, and then the next week they act like they don't even know who you are. And um, you have to have really really thick skin. For me, my when when I was on the pro tour, um, I was just so grateful, and um, I, I I came from a really hard background. So for me, I thought it was the most amazing job I could ever have, and I think a lot of the players now these days, I mean, maybe they haven't had that kind of difficult upbringing. They haven't really gone through anything really that is, uh, you know, you have to go through difficult times sometimes, and maybe, um, maybe they haven't had those times to maybe really appreciate what you have. I don't know. That's just from, from my side on, I thought it was the greatest job I could ever have. So and I think that's why today I'm still in the business of, um, you know, coaching from the absolute bottom when I retired to creating a player to getting her to 118 in the world from 10 years old. You know, I've gone through so many different uh, areas in my life and I, you know, I, I'm enjoying so much um, giving back to the game with the WTCA and trying to um, create opportunities for for uh, female coaches and to on education for uh, giving education to on working with female players. I think that's so important because the female side of the game is is very different than the, the men's side. If you think about it, the men are hunters, right? And the women, uh, they stay at home, like our DNA, men are hunters. They're, they're used to going out and gathering everything. And then the women are used to staying at home. That's our DNA. So now, I mean, the game is so physical. It's so... F- incredibly physical compared to the way it used to be before. And I think it's taken a toll on these players mentally. And, and I mean, if you think about it, I I was just talking to a girl that's top 20 in the world and she goes, I'm working out more than I am playing tennis and you've got to really love to work out. So I don't know how much everybody loves to work out. I think they enjoy playing tennis more than maybe working out.
0: But also, I, I want to ask you about the circuit. How do you see, actually, you know, the women's circuit, uh, which is coming new new players and also old ones are going out? How do you see the evolution of the game?
1: I mean, like I said, I mean, if you look at the list of the top 10 players from last year to this year, it's unbelievable on where everybody is ranked. You know, um, and like I said, I just think that um, – I think like they say that 73% of people in this world right now are, are suffering from, from, mental, uh, from mental health. And that's uh, maybe if you look at the numbers on the WTA on all the different movement, and maybe that number is exactly where it is. So not everybody is just you know, performing at, at, at their highest level that they can day in and day out right now. Everybody's trying to figure out everything that's been going on and, and, and what makes them happy.
0: What about uh, WTCA? Because you are the president of the Women Tennis Coaches Association, uh, it's part of the conference like partner. Uh, let me let me say first that people which are coming in, you have to prepare your question because Anne Martin, which are alive, they can respond to your questions. But later on, we're gonna hear uh, Sarah Stone, which she pre-recorded the presentation. Let me ask you talking about Women Tennis Coaches Association, all the work that you are doing, which is very good to bring female coaches and also coaches to be aware how to work with female players.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, we just put on a conference in uh, Indian Wells. And um, I mean, Sarah has been working uh, so hard day in and day out, constantly giving out information on, on giving drills and on, on on working with the females, on on coaches. Um I, I think we've done an amazing job on um on really trying to keep uh, the women's game out there into the public. We have over a hundred thousand people that follow us on social media and um at just uh I mean, you know, it's we're giving out information, great information for coaches to go on Instagram. If they if they don't have a drill to work with a female, hey, I can look at this or look at this little girl. She's doing this drill. She's able to do this. So um, I don't know. It's just been really, really rewarding on, on giving back to the game. And and like I said, it's men and women coaching female players. So and it's, it's, it's not just like women based. And that's what we're trying to get everybody to understand on, on that side. But, and I think it's really important for females to um to become coaches at the highest level and giving us the opportunity so that, that's what we're trying to what we're trying to push to get out there
0: yeah absolutely we have to work on that and it's coming in a new conference at the U.S. open uh, we need to keep pushing on that to understand the better ways how to improve on that let me let me uh, give you some time to go with martin to some questions. Uh, uh, to introduce Martin Villar. He is a professional ATPWTA coach and also he was working in the ITF. Uh, Martin has coached many, many top players and also Davis Cup teams and Billie Jean Kim team. He was working like technical director of Saudi Arabia Tennis Federation and he has directed the Ciudad Diagonal Professional Tennis Academy in Barcelona. He has a lot of experience developing women players in all levels. Hi, Martin, to be with us. Hello. Let me, let me ask you that related what we were talking with uh, with Anne. Uh, we need to bring more uh, female coaches, you know, to on board. What do you think about it? How to do it?
2: I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, there are millions of players that uh, can be very very good coaches. Uh, unfortunately until not long ago, a lot of players wanted uh, hitting partners uh, instead of coaches. I believe that um, I have a case, a girl that I coached for many years, Alexandra Dulguero, she was 26 in the world. She's a fantastic person. and uh, she suffered from a lot of injuries. And I think she is one of the, of the person, one of the, of, of the girls that can become a very, very, very good coach she loves the sport she understands the game very well. the thing is that I don't know why but a lot of times uh, women were not trusting other women as coaches because they wanted like I said a, a hitting partner so women when they stop playing they don't have the same level as uh, an average guy I mean he's stronger physically so they can hit or but what they can what they can uh, talk about tennis is them, times more interesting and and they they understand what's happening inside a women's uh, another woman's mind so I think that uh, little by little things started to change and um, also there is another thing that not all the former players want to keep on working as coaches and have to travel because a lot of times they want to marry they want to have kids and that is also something that they don't want to do I talked to Alexandra many times because I want her to work with me, actually. She's, uh, she's the person that I trust, that I love very much. And, and uh, she's always like, yes, but, you know, I don't want to continue on the traveling. Um, Anne was talking about um, Ash Barty. Ash Barty, as, as Anne said, she's from Australia. Traveling from Australia is very complicated. And um, this is a girl that I admire very much. And she was really suffering from the traveling. And, and you know that, I mean, she, she was far from home. She was homesick all the time. And, um, and being from Australia is also something that is making things more difficult. But she is somebody who stopped already as Anne said before to go and play cricket. And she's a, a very simple girl, very um, happy girl. And when you see, when, when, when you could see her in the tournaments, she was not living the life of a celebrity. Some other players are kind of a celebrity. Ash was a real tennis player, like what we were before, some time ago. Now, a lot of players, they love to become celebrities and uh, uh, you know uh, talk about fashion, talk about other things. But Ash was a, was a real tennis player. I believe that she loves the sport and I wish, I don't know if this is going to happen, but probably one day she's going to come back because she already retired. She went to play cricket. She's very young. She's only 25. And and I think it's a great, a big loss for the game because she's the one that you can wake up in, in the middle of the night to go and watch a match. She, she was somebody playing tennis. She was doing everything. She was capable of doing everything. It was a pleasure to watch her matches. So um, maybe, maybe with more female players uh, coached by female coaches, uh, things could change. Maybe they could understand each other a little better and not suffer of that loneliness that the tour is making you feel all the time. I, um, I experienced this with my players. A lot of players were suffering that loneliness and that was killing them. That was really killing them. This is the most difficult thing when you're traveling. Like people from outside, they think that you're traveling and you're going to nice hotels and everything is fantastic. But when you lose in the second round or the first round or even in the quali and week after week, you have to go back to your hotel room, uh, call for room service. It's terrible. It's not something that everybody can do. You know, so... um, uh, maybe, maybe surrounded with more women that understand like Anne, that understand what is going on in, in the mind of the tennis player. Maybe uh, some players like Ash uh, could understand better the what to do and not suffer so much of that loneliness.
1: I also think like right now on tour, it's it's not like uh, the way it used to be when I was playing. I mean, everybody just has their teams now and yeah. they that nobody's really socializing with amongst all the other players and coaches. And, uh, you know, they just kind of look at you like, who are you? And I I don't know. I think also there's not like that much camaraderie between I I remember like this is just from my experience on, you know, I love to be in the locker room and and to be in there with all the girls and and talking and having so much fun. I'm not in there right now, so I don't know exactly what goes on. But those were my most fun times. And then after, like, seeing everybody, it's, a, it's like we're a circus. We're traveling to different cities all over the world and competing against each other. We're just putting on a show, honestly, right? So I think that that's very limited right now. And I think that's why a lot of the girls, like, are, are sad. I, I don't know. I can't speak for them. But that's just in, in my eyes, like, the way it seems like there's just... Uh, there's not that much outside fun outside of their team. You know, their team is putting maybe so much pressure on them. They say this team, this team. So I'm just now getting used to, used to using that word I never had before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, also the players are relying so much on the coach instead of the players relying more on themselves on learning how to play to win and lose. Like, you know, for me, when I was out there with my player, it's like, I felt like I had to play the match for her instead of her, Her, I was trying to get her to learn to play the match for herself.
0: And also, which is new, absolutely new, which is putting more pressure because I used to travel a lot on the circuit, the WTCA circuit in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, but you don't have all those times social networks. No, it's not only in terms in the what the pressure of the circuit, and uh, it's also, you are receiving a lot of pressure about, in, in favor, which is good social network in terms of marketing, in terms of a new possibility, possibilities with different kinds of companies or people, uh, business people approaching you, but the, otherwise you have everyone making an opinion about your game. You no, know, a lot of people and many, many other players, sometimes they are following too much the social network and it's another kind of pressure, no?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely they are. But they do have a choice. They could um, not be on it at all if they didn't want to. I mean, they, they have choices to make. So I think if they want to take off their Instagram and they just want to play for the love of the game and they're not concerned about that, they have the ability to, to not go on it. Just like I have the ability not to go on my Facebook if I see something that gets me upset. Oh, this family is going to have this wonderful vacation. Oh, I haven't been on vacation in 20 years. I mean, that gets me down, right? (laughs) But I have a choice to go on Facebook and look at this and, uh, you know, and, and it's up to me. And so there's times where I'm like, I'm not going to be looking at it. And then I'm, I'm perfectly happy. So I think everybody has a choice and they're creating their own story in their head. A lot of the times on what's going on.
2: There is also a lot of money now. Uh, there's also a lot of pressure from agents, a lot of contracts and, um, uh, and sometimes also parents, um, just because there is a lot of money. So uh, that's why the, the the feeling, as you said Anne, before, that everybody is with their teams is not because they are very loyal to their teams, but because, in my opinion, is that they don't trust the other teams. <laughs> they don't trust anybody, which is very that's sad. True. It's very sad. I mean, uh, sometimes you practice with somebody and... Um, And the the, the player comes to you and no, 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 don't let's, let's not show our weapons or our weaknesses, you know, don't, don't play that backhand because I don't like to do that. Uh, Okay. And a lot of times they don't even want to play games and you say play games because this is the game. It doesn't matter today. You can lose and tomorrow you can win against the same player, but there's all these they're young. They're very young. And, um, And before the relationship with the coach was really close. In my experience, I mean, I had girls from other countries uh, sleeping in my house with my family. And now the agents are in the middle and, um, uh, you know, uh, they don't let you get that close to the player. And uh, sometimes what I feel is that all this money, all these people around that live of a percentage of the player, they forget about the human being. So the, the players, I mean, I work with men and I work with women. Uh, what I learned from women is that they're more, they need like something that, that is more important than the game in itself. That is the way they feel because they're very sensible. They're very sensitive. So they need to express how they feel and they, they depend a lot on their mood. So I believe that making them feel strong and making them feel happy, that helps a lot, a lot. And- They wanna feel good. Women wanna feel good. And when they feel good and they laugh, and sometimes you go to the cinema with them, they play great. It's not a matter of having them like machines hitting balls all day. So a lot of talking, uh, having a nice dinner, um, they need to express what they have in their heads. Because if not, they explode and they can't play. So, this is what I did. And in my opinion, that gave me a lot of success with the players that I worked with. Because I'm special, I'm not the real macho guy. You know, I, I have this, this, uh, this sensibility. I like to talk about deep things. You no, know? men normally are more rough and uh, football and, you know, the,
1: the, the hunters
2: yeah this and when when they start to feel comfortable and they they tell you about many things about the relationship with the parents or the the I don't know the boyfriend or the girlfriend or whatever, then they get rid of all this pressure and they play fantastic and they can smile on the court. And this is what now I think players are missing because um, the coaches are, every time younger there, uh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not that funny anymore because having dinner with me, the players are still 20 something and I'm already 57. So maybe having dinner with me is boring uh, because the, I see, I mean, all the girls are texting, they're having dinner in front of somebody else and they're texting. They're watching the Instagram, you know? So you say, you're here with me, talk to me. You don't need to talk to somebody who is, uh, I don't know how many kilometers away. And uh, all this, in my opinion, is uh, changing the game a lot. And uh, the players are not having fun on the tennis court.
1: They have a lot of fear. It's called FOMO, fear of missing out. That's why they don't put down their phone.
2: Exactly. And all this suffering is making people like Barty quit, you know, because they, they earn enough money, they did it. Uh, of course, she had these goals, like winning Wimbledon or then Australia. And then, okay, I'm I'm fed up. I don't want to continue with this. I'm I'm okay. Uh, this was a very good career. Oh, I believe that she's going to miss the the game very much, the sport, but maybe not what is around that sport because, as you said, mm-hmm. it's a big circus, a very big circus. I miss it. I miss because I didn't. I mean, from the pandemic, I stopped traveling. But what I miss is that competition, sitting down and watching the best players. But all the things around, you know, you go to the players lounge in, uh, I don't know, in, in, in Paris. Uh, how many people is not, from, is not working, is not from, from there? You know, they don't belong to that. They're just there, like showing off, and, and then you don't have a table to have lunch. You know, all these, this. And you say, what is all these people doing here? But this is what I believe uh, is destroying tennis in a way. You know, that when you were playing, things were completely different. You know, you, as you said, you were hanging with, with the other players. Arancha was a very good friend of yours and, you know, having fun, playing doubles. And, and then everything was more relaxed. And uh, well, now this changed a lot. Everything is more professional, of course. Uh, they, they have to work out like like
0: crazy. And also Martin, uh, I think uh, we have to take care that the new generation are different of the, some other generations. You know, it's, uh, the, the new generation are putting the well-being, you know, to be in men, the mental health, you know, ahead of the, to play tennis. Now, this is another thing which is happening a lot.
1: I think the mental health has always been there, but I think people just never really wanted to talk about it. It's always been there; yeah, it wasn't uh, acceptable to talk about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. But you know, and let me let me because sometimes uh, some organizations are working in the let's say in the mental health, you know, right now. But probably when you are a pro, it's a pretty late. We need to talking about women players. We need to start early. You know, when there are 12 years, 14 years with more culture, more education, because probably when they arrive to the pro tour, it's pretty late to talk about mental health. No, it's a you You have been done like uh, at least 10 years on the circuit, you know, being in the national circuit, junior circuit. Uh, you know about it, Martin, know about it. And, but let me give you the first question is coming from uh, Tom Schiller. Uh, I ask everyone, uh please to put the country because we have coaches from more than 80 countries in the conference that's why it's important and tony asking you martin uh what are the three most important traits that a male coach needs in working with female players what age well let's do it openly
2: okay um i believe that it is very very important to listen to the player to try to understand the needs of the player, it is very important to know the person behind the player because the person comes first. So not everybody has the same personality as a tennis player. So you can't ask a player that is shy to play in an aggressive way. Okay, so this is something that I see in the academies that they try to make everybody play the same and it's impossible because um, tennis is a mental game. So as I said before, if you're happy, you're going to play very good. If you are scared, you're not going to play that good. Um, so three important things is first, listen to the player, try to get to know the person. Make them work hard, but make them understand why they're working hard. I mean, what is the goal? I mean, like a, like a short-term goal that they can see easily because a lot of girls, and I'm talking also about my daughters. Uh, they had coaches. I never coach my, my daughters because it's impossible. And, um, you know, I want to be a top 100. What ranking do you have now? Uh, zero. <laughs> so, okay, this is going to be very frustrating. So start with short-term goals that they can see, that they can almost touch every day. So let's say, okay, now we're going to do this. We have to improve that. So this is keeping the motivation very high because... In my opinion, women are very, very, very hard on themselves. They're very perfectionists, And if you don't give them short-term goals, they see things too difficult and they want to give up. They get very sad, very frustrated. And then a third thing is don't get obsessed with results. I believe that it is important to make them play the right way. I mean, I see a lot of this is more for juniors and, and, and under 16, for example. I see a lot of coaches that are very happy when the player wins and very sad when they lose. But okay, it's understandable. But who did you play? You have to you have to know. I mean, if you're playing a top player or if you're playing a, a, a player that is not that good, and how did you play? What Strategy, what game plan you had before going on court. If you did what you have, what you had to do, and you lose because the other player, you know, is much better than you, then you have to be happy. It's not win, <laughs> we're all happy, and lose, it's the end of the world, because um, then the players are just pushing the ball and they don't want to improve anymore. They just want to win. And winning is the consequence of how you play. And this is especially in in women's tennis is something that I see a lot. That's why they get tight, they they suffer. So let them play the game. Let them them do what they have to do and develop their own personality on the tennis court. And?
1: For me, I think that you need to ask them what they want. Exactly. You need to ask the player, "What do you want? What do you want from your game? What do you want out of this life?" Depending on what level they are, I think a lot of um, coaches have hidden agendas on what they want, and then they like to control the player. And then I feel like uh, you need to be really honest with them um, because women—they want it, they, they they don't want to be like told, like, "Oh, that's great," when it's not great. They want you to like when if you you get dressed up and you look good you want to know hey you look good like you want them to complete honesty you know um same as on the court like if I say oh that's a great backhand is it really that great of a backhand they want complete honesty on that side um I know that sounds like really simple but it but it's true that's just me as a female on how I feel and I think maybe women want to know that as well
2: a good job as a coach is making the player completely independent. If you work the right way, you have to make them think that they don't need you anymore. When the player becomes too dependent on the coach and look at you and they ask you where to serve, then you're doing something wrong. I mean, the player has a personality and they have to play the game. You are there to help and you're behind but they are playing. So that's why I said before, you have to make them feel very, very, very strong and what they can do whatever they want. And, and even if they lose, it's okay, but it's their decision. There's no
0: time for somebody else to tell them what to do every time the ball comes. Okay? Let me check another thing, which is important to ask you. Uh, how do you think that we need to keep uh, working uh, in terms from junior to pro, which are the key aspect of recommendation and that you can say for coaches to take care about the process and evolution of the player? And then I will ask that for Martin too.
1: The biggest thing is to keep it simple, is just to keep getting better and better every day on building the game that they want to have. Um, when I was building, you know, uh, Francesca, that I only... I never, I only went to two junior matches, um, USTA matches in my life. And then when she played Grand Slam Juniors, that's actually when I traveled with her. I didn't watch any matches at all. I knew when, how she came onto the court. I knew exactly what she needed to do. It was that just to get better on all aspects of her game. I believe that you should be able to hit any shot from anywhere and, and to have the confidence to be able to do that. And that's, that's just what I, That's what I strive for every day when I worked with her. So I kept it really simple and I never really, there was no, nothing about results ever. It was just, I did my job when she came onto the court and to make her the best player I could that day. And I feel like that's the coach's job to do.
2: I love that. Keep it simple. Make them get the habits. Uh, The habits are very important when you get them uh, from a very young age then it becomes part of you. You don't have to make a big effort to wake up and eat the right way or sleep at the time you have to go to sleep. When you get all these habits, because the juniors, they, they just talk a lot about talent, okay? If they hit the ball like this or like that, they win a lot of matches because the juniors, they miss a lot. But then things are, be, uh, when, when you start playing professional, things get tougher. So the ball is coming back more often. So uh, when you get the habits And as Anne said, you develop your own way of your own game, your own way of understanding the game. So uh, this is the process. And then don't think about results. Think about uh, doing what you have to do and be honest. Like, okay, this forehand, is this good enough? Is this heavy enough? Play on different surfaces. Like here in Spain, we play a lot on clay. Uh, Invest in playing on hard court to learn to play a different game, to, to pay more attention, to serve and return. Because if you only stay behind the baseline and push the ball, you're gonna win a lot of matches at a junior age, but you're not going to do anything in professional tennis. So invest.
0: Keep it simple and invest. Let's, let's now share Sara's opinion that we can have. Great coach, Sarah Stone is with us. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Fernando, how are you? Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much to be with us on the live panel about women's tennis. Let me ask you first, how do you see women's tennis right now? Let's say players, circuit, you know, um, other things happening right now. We
3: just lost our world number one. (laughs) So that was tough. That was a tough day for tennis. We all love Ash Barty. I think what she leaves is a legacy of, well... A great person. She's a person first, and athlete second. And I think that that's what all tennis players should aspire to. And just bringing a a, a game that's hot, full court, great serve, really good mover, uses the slice. I think that's that's the state of the game. or that's the way it's going. Much more all-court game, utilizing the whole court, playing fast, using knee angles, moving forward and actually probably we'll see in women's tennis a lot bigger serves across the whole sport. Historically, the serve has been one of the weaker parts, particularly the second serve in women's tennis, and then that's what the, the Ash parties of the world, let's say, and Ongeveux coming up right behind us, have of Big Serve, Bliskova, it's all going to be about the serve
0: going forward. That's what I see. I really believe that we have even- we're going to miss in tennis. It's a very good example for everyone. How oh, someone can choose to keep moving forward in her life, in this case, you know, and to jump, let's say, 10 years, 15 years of dedication on our sport, and then moving on more and in personal interests and more things. I think it's a very good example. Many times that we are not having that kind of samples in our sport
3: Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's something that as coaches, we need to work with our athletes on their their over-identification with athlete identity. They they don't think of themselves as a person. They think of themselves as, did I win? What's my ranking? That number next to their name is an indication of their value as a human being. And I think that's a great thing that we can learn from Ash in her stepping away from the game. She can step away. She's done what she wanted to do. It's not about her feeling good about herself if she wins or she wins more slams or she's Ash Barty, the tennis player. She just wants to be Ash Barty the person the same way that she wanted to be every every day of her career. She's a really great girl and I, I admire her for, for what she's doing and I think that that is far more important than playing 10 more years on tour to leave that and to show players you can leave the sport and it's okay. A lot of players really struggle or even juniors or their college players if they don't want to do it anymore, like, who am I if I'm not a tennis player? Well, you are you. And as coaches, we need to instill that, that they are the great things that make them who they are outside of being a tennis player.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I know that you did work a lot with the women tennis coaches, Rich, and about it. Uh, uh, I will, it will ask you, you know, in a couple of minutes about it. But one aspect that Ash was always remarking is how she appreciates the time and love about her family and her team is given to her every time. It was like a she was showing the human being side, you know, all the time. Which is well, when I when I read you know uh, the, the the news, it, it didn't surprise me because she was uh, showing a high quality like a human being. You know, and, and probably these new generations of players are totally different that we used to do. You know, on the on the you know older generation, but they keep you know uh, taking care only on the sport. But right now we are facing a time that we have to take care more of the human being. You know, it's like uh, there are a lot of the WTA is working in the mental health. There are a lot of pressure in some big champions. You know, sometimes. Uh, a lot of aggressivity and social networks. There are a lot of going on and probably it's a good example that, uh, you know, beside tennis, we have a normal life. We are normal people.
3: Right? Yeah, the WTA does a great job. They have a really good mental health
0: support structure
3: behind the players, which is something that's critical. It's a tough sport. It's, there's a lot of pressure on you, the social media and things like that. Uh, just appreciating it just for every day that you get to be out on the court I think that that's uh, one of our jobs as coaches is to to not have such a fixation on results and success and that that defines who you are and creating an inclusive environment it's not just about the best player at your program The, the player that's having the least successful results is just as valuable as the one that's having the best that's about creating culture and when you separate that it's kind of like you put people in order of how important they are to you based on how well they're doing in their junior tournaments or leagues or whatever it is, then it doesn't create a great culture. So, yeah, I think that, that that's really cool what, what Ash has done. She's always been about so much more than being a tennis player and hopefully there's some, some players out there that take that on board because it can be a really cutthroat environment, professional tennis, especially at the top, I would say more so on the women's side, players just churn through coaches, and and that relationship is so important. But it's it's often the players not winning; it's the coach's fault. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you do need a change of coach, but sometimes you need a a change of attitude and appreciation for your coach. I can't tell you, you know, there's there's a lot of times I hear players forget even thank their coaches and and coaches work really really hard to support those players and i think the best thing about ash is she was brought up really well and the environment was great she was she was educated on how valuable it was to appreciate your team and that starts young and i think that we need to be doing that particularly at federations with you know 10 12 year olds they get a lot but they they need to appreciate a lot so i think it's cultural
0: was very good. Was very good. Uh, uh, Sarah commenting. What she think about what happened with Ash and is related with the many many things that uh, is coming. Uh, let me let me ask you. Is coming another questions. Uh, let me ask, say something for the, all the attendees which are right now with us at, at the panel. Uh, remember that you have 35 days to watch all the presentation. We have 63 main speakers and 20 more speakers on the special live panels. You have a lot of information that you can take notes. You can stop every recommendation. You can replay as many times you want and watch as many times you want, uh, because the aim, the objective of the purpose of the, of the conference is to keep helping. To create grow you can apply in your program in the day-by-day process a lot of recommendations like right, right now and martin sarah is talking but you can do it all the time this is a moment this is not only a conference we are here to help you that's why uh, and in this case martin are alive they are here to help you with different kind of insights and recommendations uh, let me let me ask you a new a new question, which is which is coming. How was for you Anne, to live on the on the circuit as a player?
1: Well, as a player, I mean, I is my own business and uh, I was in control of everything at that time. So for me, I, I loved it. I made all my decisions. I got to travel around the world incredible, uh, opportunity to see, to see the world, how many times over and over I played 40 main draw grand slams. I, uh, to see all the different cultures to the biggest thing I think for me is that I kept growing as a person. And, and I love that part. I felt like I was always achieving something every time I got off a long plane flight. Like I felt that that was an achievement achievement in itself. And uh, I mean, I can't be any luckier to have the career that I have. I'm so grateful for the opportunity that that my father and my coaches that gave that gave me to have this uh, to have this amazing journey. I loved it. So and then as a coach, it's, it's very different because uh, you wear a completely different hat. It's all about the player and really nothing about you. <laughs> so it's a complete flip side. Although when I did start coaching, I, um, I started from the bottom. I started working with four-year-olds. I worked with 80-year-olds. I worked with everybody. So I was able to constantly adjust uh, every lesson on something new that they wanted to work on or what I was trying to get um, my student better at. So I'm really thankful for that opportunity to not just like jump into the pro tour because I feel like I'm so much more well-rounded as a coach and I understand things so much more than just uh, going from a player
0: into a coach. Well, uh, Martin, I will ask you your final thoughts about what brings new and to keep helping in women's tennis. What do you think about it? As we said, I wish... um we
2: could uh, keep, it, keep things very simple, care more about the human being behind the player, make people enjoy the game a little bit more, the players, um, even though they're playing for, for money and of course it's, it's a job and they become uh, professional tennis players. Not everybody uh, is lucky or good enough to, uh, to experience that. I mean, a lot of young players have that dream, but they're not good enough and they don't reach that level. As Anne said, it is a a dream come true when you go and play the big events. That's fantastic. But I believe that you have more chances to be there and achieve your goals if you um, understand and learn to deal with that pressure and all these things from a young age and learn to love the game. Not only what is around the game and all these celebrity things, uh, you know, that a lot of people like and a lot of people think that is tennis. No, a lot of people think that, you know, they pick you up at the airport with a very expensive car. And yeah, it's true, but nobody cares about that, actually. (laughs) Because then what what counts is what you're doing on the tennis court. And um, I don't know, uh, competition is something that is not, for everybody, but um, if you have the right people around you and you don't uh, forget that it was your dream and you're there because uh, when you hold the racket for the first time, maybe when you were five or six years old, you had fun. So this is what you don't have to forget about. I think have fun. Just remember that little girl and don't betray that little girl. That little girl had fun the first day. Keep doing that keep doing it because that is going to make you play better. this is my opinion. When you get tight, uh, then things are
0: completely different. We need to recover, you know, happiness in our, even in our circuit. no? Mm-hmm. Be more. Uh, Enjoy
1: it. Enjoyment Enjoy. of the game. Exactly.
0: exactly. Uh, absolutely. Uh, very good one, one Martin. Uh, let, me, let me ask uh, Anne for the last word for uh, this panel. Uh, I know that you are doing a lot with Sarah for Women Tennis Coaches Association, uh, bringing courses, events, and of course our institute will support a lot, but I want to ask you for the last words for uh, people who are watching us on the live panel.
1: I appreciate you, Fernando. Thank you, Martin, for joining in with me as well. And Sarah, um, you know, let's just keep uh, pushing forward and growing this game. Um, uh, this, this game is just so special to, to all of us. And I, I think we need to just keep getting out there and promoting it and um, making it the best sport in the world. This is the best sport in the world. And, uh, it really is honestly, I mean, what, what, what other sport is like this? It's absolutely incredible. And I think it's our job to give back to the, to the game. And, uh, I I mean, that's, uh, what I fully, fully believe in. And that's what I'm trying to do every day is, is to give back because, you know, I love it so much. I, uh, just like Martin, it's, 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 all about the fun and enjoyment of hitting that tennis ball and now giving the opportunity to, uh, give to other, other players, other females on, on, um, on, because it's going to help you in your life. Now, tennis is just tennis is, is life and, and it's how you adjust every day on your daily, uh, on your daily life, right? Being on the court and being able to handle those situations, um, is, is just like life. So uh, thank you, thank you all for, for doing this and, and for, for giving us the opportunity to speak today.
0: Thank you, Anne. thank you, Martin. And to everyone, remember, our hashtag is love for tennis All who are working in this conference, we have more than 80 speakers. We have a Amazing. lot of people around GPTCA, ATP, many top organizations, 12 national federation, all together because we want better tennis. The way to do it is sharing information, is to cooperate between all of us and being together. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Martin. Amazing,
1: thank you, Fernando.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Great job. See you around.